0: While you remain standing, I hope you brought your Bible with you. Turn to the book of Luke, New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, New Testament, Luke chapter number 19. We just got through with our marriage conference. I'm getting ready to switch here. And uh, so I didn't have anything to preach on. Not I'm kidding. And uh, so uh, a lot was learned. I'm glad many of you were there. Take advantage of that. And I hope that it was a help to you my wife got saved and sanctified. She speaks in tongues now, but she always spoke in tongues. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Do what? So I'm I'm glad that you're here tonight. Luke chapter number 19, starting in verse number 1. I will read out loud. You read along with me silently, but we'll read this together. Starting in verse number 1, Luke chapter number 19. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press. That, that doesn't mean like the newspaper press. Uh, that would mean like the, the crowd was pressing. Because he was little of stature. He ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, saying that he was gone to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. If I have taken anything from any man by false accusations, I restore him fourfold. And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to thy house, for as much as he also is of the son of Abraham. And the son of man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Father, thank you for the Bible. Thank you, Lord. We do not have to use opinion. Take man's word for it. We have your eternal word in the Bible. Help me tonight to help your people. I know this is a problem in a lot of people's lives. And thank you for the illustration here of Zacchaeus in you meeting one day. And I pray that this will be a help to all that are here. Please help us now. And I will thank you for it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. Zacchaeus had a lot of things in his life that most people in the world search after. They search after all that. Watch what it says in verse number two, the second part of that verse, the chief among publicans, and he was rich. Now, a publican was a person who had Roman authority. Remember, during this time, everybody was under the Roman authority. So in other words, they set the rules for everything. However, they allowed religious goings on as long as it didn't attack the government or upset things too much. In that, they had to have a lot of taxes, so they hired Jewish people to go get money from Jewish people for the Roman government, who was lording over all the people. So people weren't real fond of these people. It's kind of like tax collectors. I don't know too many people that go, "I like those people." Uh, here's the same thing. The Bible said he was a publican, so he had he had he had position and he had title. So everybody, a lot of people want that. Oh, title's very, very important to a lot of people. And the Bible said he was rich. It says he was rich. He lived, if you would, in a good section of town. He had, he had, he pretty much could come and go as he pleased because he had papers from the government to travel when he needed to. So you have to understand this. More than likely, he had the best clothes, probably ate where he wanted to. And I would imagine he probably had one of the best looking chariots in town. I'm just saying. Look at verse number three and four. Zacchaeus, though, is still missing something. He had all this going for him. He had title. He had power. He had, was rich. But watch what it says in verse number three. And he sought, uh, verse, I'm sorry, verse number three. And he sought to see Jesus who he was and could not for the press because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed into, up into a sycamore tree to see him for he was to pass that way. There's steel in Zacchaeus' life. He has title. He has authority. He's able to almost come and go as he pleases. He's rich. So he lives in a good part of town. He has a lot of things going for them. But here it clearly says he's missing something. It doesn't say that, but it is implied he wants to go see who Jesus is. See, there's an emptiness inside. He's got all this going on for him, but there's an emptiness in there. There's an unsettled feeling in his life. No real peace and no real contentment. And the Bible said he was still seeking something. He had all this going for him, but he wanted to go see Jesus. Want to see who he was. Want to hear what the man had to say. Someone, have you ever considered how often we use that term seeking in our language today? Some people are seeking employment. We use that term all the time. Another seeking housing. We do that all the time. Some people seeking companionship. That happens all the time. We do not hesitate to advertise what we're seeking. We do that all the time. Many people today are seeking real peace and real meaning to life. They really are. They just do not know exactly where to find it. Just like this man right here. He had what you would consider I've got title, I've got authority. I've got right to move around, and I'm rich. So I'm going to come find out. By the way, watch it. The Bible said later on, Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. A publican was a person who was an extortionist, like tax collectors. Anyway, what happens is, if you've never dealt with the IRS, trust me, they are. What happens is he had authority from the Roman government to collect taxes. And then he had They never told him he could, but they allowed him to get any extra money he could from the people. As long as it didn't cause the Roman government any problems, he could do this. He would extort money from people, and this is how publicans became very rich. Many today are seeking these things. They just do not know exactly what they're seeking or where it's at. They want real enjoyment. Who doesn't want to have joy? Everybody wants to have joy, but they're seeking it in a bottle. They're seeking it in drugs. They're seeking it in gambling. They're seeking it in sports. They're seeking it by finding it someplace, running around, doing whatever they can. They're seeking a real lasting relationship at home, but they do not find it in living together or sex or alternative lifestyle. They don't find it in that. That's why they go from one to the other and keep looking for other things. They're not happy. They're not satisfied. They think they are, and they'll tell people they are, but they keep searching for something. Many are searching for the right answer, but in the wrong place. Here we have Zacchaeus who has all this going for him, and yet something's missing. Maybe that's you. I don't know. It was me before I got saved. Men and women and teenagers are really looking for something that will last. And that's why they keep trying stuff because it didn't last, but they're searching for it somewhere. God's word tells us why many seek and yet never find. God's word tells I'll show you here tonight uh, as we go on. The answer for what they seek is Jesus. So why is it they cannot seem to find him? We look at this story of Zacchaeus. He had everything going for him. You would think with money, prestige, title, come and go as I please, live in a good part of town, I would not necessarily have needs like everybody else. Well, I may not have some knees like everybody else, but yet when he heard about Jesus was coming to town, he had to go see him. He just had to go see who he was. So he travels on down the road to find the Lord. The Bible tells us this. By the way, this is not just a little kid story. Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree. You know how we do. And it's not just for a little kid. The Bible's not a story. I remember witnessing to a guy that had escaped um, communist China decades ago, decades and decades ago, I knocked on a guy's door, and I heard somebody say, come around back. I said, what? Come around back. In, in broken English, real bad broken English. A country that had split off from communist Russia but was still kind of under its authority, he had escaped. I knocked on his door one day. so over on the other side of town. He invited me to come back. And I we sat down. He introduced himself, and I said, I represent Jesus Christ. I'd like to talk to you." Today. He goes, oh, yeah, sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. So we sat down, began to talk about the Bible, and as I went on, he began to smile at me. And I said, uh, "Am I doing something wrong? Is there something you don't understand?" In his broken English language, he said, "Stories, children." I said, "What? What are, you, what are you talking about? Stories, children?" He said, "Stories uh, for children." I said, "No, no. Because yes, in my country, we learn these stories." For children. And a lot of people in America, if we're not careful, we look at stories like this in the Bible and say those are children's stories. They have no real bearing on my life. But that is absolutely not true. So why can't people seem to find Jesus? Why is it people cannot seem to find the Lord? Number one, people fail, people fail to find Jesus because of, if you would, coin money. Look at verse number two. The Bible said, and behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the the publicans, and he was rich. The man had coin. He had money. He really did. The Bible speaks of the dangers of riches. In our life, we think there's all the advantages of riches. The Bible constantly tells us the dangers of riches, the way men seek riches, the, 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 the riches or the want of riches, and what it makes them do. But even worse than that is what it keeps them from a lot of times. Riches and material things tend to keep people from the Lord. Zacchaeus was here, and Jesus stopped by. And sure enough, by the way, this is the only place you'll ever see where Jesus looked up at a man. He was up a tree waiting on Jesus. So we find out here a person who has wealth many times trusts in their wealth to get them what they want what riches keep them from instead of trusting Jesus to fill that need. I can pay for it. I can travel when I want. I can buy what I want. I can go where I want. I don't have to pray about it. I don't need the Lord. I'm doing fine. And their riches where they realize this or not is actually keeping them from Jesus Christ. In spite of all that, they have an emptiness in here. They have a, a, a place in their heart that, that, God wants to bring them security, but what they're depending on for their security is their finances, their material good. It's just you say, well that's kind of natural to do that. Natural or not, it's keeping them it's keeping him away from the Lord. Because they do not possess real peace, they do not possess real love or contentment. They just don't, which can only be found in Christ. Their riches causes them to miss what they're really looking for. Because it's so easy to just reach back here, pull out a credit card, go to the bank, get a loan, supply for yourself, make ends meet for yourself. What do I need the Lord for? So when you witness to people and you knock on their door, you talk to them at their business or talk to them in your neighborhood, they actually look at their stuff to decide whether they have a need or not. But the stuff we talk about is not what they have here. It's what they're missing here. But they know they're missing something. But what they're doing is actually saying, I have this stuff. What they won't admit is, I have an emptiness. I'm still looking for something. And so what a lot of people throw up in front of them is this thing about money. I'm not asking you to turn, but you may want to write this down. Proverbs 10, 15. The Bible says a rich man's wealth is his strong city. That's what he hides behind. That's what he depends upon. He's built this city of material stuff all around and security for himself. And because of that, he hides inside of there. You ever try to talk to a rich man? Now, people who are really rich and have a lot of power, they just act like everyday people. That's like me. You know. What you do, you find out that people who would be rich or think they're somebody, oh, they're a handful to talk to. Man, oh, do you know who I am? That's when I witnessed to the mayor of Reynoldsburg years ago. He was really hurt because I didn't recognize who he was. I told him I was sorry. You know, I said, sir, I'm sorry, I don't know who you are. Boy, that lit him up, man. That just, he said, you don't know who I am. I said, no, sir, I'm sorry, I don't. That bothered him. He said, I'm the mayor of Reynoldsburg. I said, well, I'm glad to meet you. You know, I said, what do you want me to do, bow down? And so the guy got really upset. Now, listen to me carefully. Without Christ, he has an empty spot in his heart that was meant for Christ. And you can fill that up however you think you can, but it is a constant uh, a hole in a person's life. That material things were never meant to fill it up. That space is for Jesus Christ alone. So what do we have here in Proverbs 10, 15? The rich man's wealth is his strong city. Proverbs 28, He that, that hasteth to be rich. Is that not America's dream? Yeah. By the time I'm 30, I won't retire. I, want, I saw a vet. Georgesville Road, out by where I live, down there, Grove City, and I mean, it was nice. It was really nice. You think you have a nice one over there, this one's really nice. You have to admit, it grabs your attention, doesn't it? Now, there's always some older person who goes, doesn't bother me at all. Well, it bothered me. I see these guys go by on these Harley. And I think, oh, man, love to have a Harley Davidson, in case somebody wanted to. Anyway, so. Look, just because I'm a pastor, I still have these, but listen to me carefully. It's not going to fill that need. It just will not fill that need. So what happens here's this. Ladies and gentlemen, millions, while seeking for what only Jesus can provide, is trying to fill it up with things they're trying to provide. Thus they're always missing out on what they really need. That only comes through Jesus Christ. In Luke chapter number 19, if you go back there in case you've turned, verse number 2, Zacchaeus was chief among the publicans. Chief among the publicans. So here was people that here, here were people that were publicans, and here's what they did, and they had influenced the Roman government, and they lorded over other people. He was the chief of those guys. So he was the boss. He was the guy in that area that made those decisions and decided who's. he probably got a percentage of what they did. That's how business worked in you know, the whole trickle-down method. This sounds like the way it is today. Get all you can while you can. Is that not what they push? Schools of, I call them schools of lower learning. Is that not what they push? Oh, education's everything. I beg to differ with you. Oh, yeah, getting power and authority, that's everything. I beg to differ with you. I'll tell you something right now. I was thinking the other day, when you die, everything you're collecting right now, think about it. Everything you are collecting, everything you hold of value, everything you have going on for you, Somebody asked a very rich man one time after he died, how much did he leave? The other person said he left it all. You're not taking any of that with you. Isn't it something? People kill over that stuff. People actually rip people off and lie to them and deceive them and do anything they want to to get more money so they can get more things that when you die you can leave it here and give it to somebody else. Isn't that Isn't that amazing? We, we never think of this, this end thing here at all. This sounds like the way it is today. Yet folks who are, who are this way, just like Zacchaeus, just like Zacchaeus, if honest, have not found, they have money, they have possessions, they live in a good part of town, they may have title, they may have education, they may have all this going for them, then why did he run down the road to see who Jesus was? By the way, why are you... got it all together we're just going to add church as like another bobble that you hang around your neck and say look what i've got money and having things will not satisfy what you need now you're going to say amen to that because that's that would be the right public answer to give then why do you go after it like it is the answer to things you say preach you don't want me to work no you need to work and then tithe and give offerings you absolutely need to do that and some of you aren't but you need to now It has a funny way of causing us to do things we know we should not do. For example, moms and dads say, I'm only working Sundays until the business takes off. You know, Sunday isn't called your day. Sunday's my only, your only day. I thought it's called the Lord's day. Like this is the house of God. It's not called your house. That's why your children don't eat crackers and stuff in church. It's not the dinner place. This is the Lord's house, okay? Teenagers. I, I, I've been saved over fifty years—fifty-one over fifty-one years, right? Fifty-one years. You see this rotation of teenagers coming through, and and they do real good, and they do real well, and they're they're they know how to mind, they know their Bible, they're learning things, they love the Lord, they go to church, they're involved in everything, and then all of a sudden they get a job. Oh, because there's some things they need. Now, I have to agree. I, I, I'm not sure about the girls. Don't take this wrong, ladies. But guys need to learn how to work. They just do. Most of them are, are bums. They get one boo-boo. They don't know what to do. And it's just, I mean, life's over, you know. The wife can go out and get three jobs, but he can't handle one without falling apart. I never have understood that. So anyway, what happens here, teenagers, they, they start doing this. Then, they, then their attitude goes. Then they start skipping church, and then they don't go soul winning, and their grades in school start to go down, and you think to yourself, what is going on? Watch very carefully. There is an allurement in this world, and the devil knows exactly what he's doing. Advertisement, they don't. I worked in Chattanooga, Tennessee in a train yard when I was going to college, and uh, they had these huge billboards. I mean, gigantic billboards. Back in those days, they weren't electronic. You had to go out and scrape off the old ones and put on the new ones, you know. And I am watching there, and I'm working there, and I keep watching these guys. And they're up on these scaffoldings, and they're scraping off bits and pieces of old advertisement. What was left was just bits and pieces of old advertisement. And they covered it up with a bottle of whiskey and a woman in a black silk dress. Smooth as silk. Was. Your giggling's giving you away. And I kept watching and here's what I thought. Underneath of that new advertisement, now, if advertising didn't work, they wouldn't spend billions and billions of dollars on it. It works. That's why they advertise. But what you fail to remember is underneath of that brand new advertisement were bits and pieces of other advertisements that have no information on it That's the way our life is. Only the things that are done for Christ are going to last. Everything we do is coming to naught unless it has to do with sending things towards Christ, doing things His way. So this is what happens. It's not what you were seeking in gaining all this stuff, but it's what you got because you were seeking that which only Jesus could give in money. Our world is bent on telling us the way to get ahead is get money, prestige, Title, authority, power, and we fell for it, and yet so many are so empty. Some of them even have all that stuff. I want you to turn to 1 Timothy chapter number 6. First Timothy, go up towards Hebrews, that way. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. The Bible says a lot about riches, it really does. Oh, they want money, haven't asked for money one time. 1 Timothy chapter number 6. Drop down to verse number 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6. Now, it doesn't say you can't have stuff. But watch what it does say. Watch what it says, verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. So if you have godliness and contentment and you live in a millionaire's house, People are always quick to say like this, God doesn't care about money. Abraham was rich. Job, the Bible says, richest man in the East. The problem that we have, though, they didn't go and do everything to get rich. They lived for God, and God gave it to them. Why would God give some people a lot of stuff and other people not? Here's my thinking. My thinking is God knows you can't handle it, so why give it to you? Why would you give a child, a sixteen year old, the keys to the vet? I'm hung up on that vet. You notice that thing? Why would you do that? He hasn't proven he can drive a VW bug yet. My son, my older son's first car was some kind of a hatchback. It's really ugly. And I bought it for him. And he came out and I said, Well, I got you a car. Dad. Oh, Dad. He went out and went, oh. <laughs> dad. And I told him, until you get used to cleaning that and taking care of that, you don't need another one. See, we're, 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 we're jump-starting a lot of things. We're leapfrogging over lessons that our kids and us should have learned. But look in chapter number 6, verse 6. The Bible says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it's certain we can carry nothing out. Now, that's a fact. That is a fact. I don't care how rich or how poor you are. I don't care how important you are. You're not taking any of that stuff with you. So watch what he says. going down there. Verse number eight. And having food and raiment, let us therewith be content. He didn't say that's all you should ever want. He said if that's all you have, be content with that. Why? You're not taking the rest of this stuff with you. This is all extra stuff God just decided to give to us. Verse number nine. But they that will be rich, that would be all of us, right? Fall into temptations and a snare. That's a trap. And into many foolish and hurtful lusts. Which drown men in destruction and perdition, for the love of money is the root of all evil. You ever hear them in politics and everything else? They said, "Wonder who's guilty? Follow the money." Yeah. Know what they say? Yeah. Do you know you're never going to stop the drug trafficking or the 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 um, what do they call it? Uh, were they still kids? Um, human trafficking. You know why? Money. It's not the kids. It's not the drugs. If you stop the money, the drugs would stop. It's all about money. And the Bible said, why would people do stuff like love of money? Why would you kidnap a kid over in the Middle East and cut him open and take his organs and sell them? Why would you do that? Money. It's money. So the Bible said the love of money is the root of all evil. Which some have coveted after. They have erred from the faith. they, They strayed away. Pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But thou, O man of God, flee these things. And he goes on from there. He tells you what to seek after. Why? Those things that will last throughout all of eternity. One day when the doctor comes in and tells you there's nothing more I can do. You will wish then that you had laid up treasures in heaven. You will not lay there and say, what am I going to do? with you watch way too many movies. What am I going to do with all of my millions and my cars and my vet and my Harley and I'm just thinking. So this is what we do. Listen, the Bible speaks of Jesus as being rich this way. Jesus and us, ready? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. You want to be rich? How about it? But let's be rich this way. All right? Jesus was rich and he became poor. Why in the world would he do that? Watch what it says. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. Did I say 1st or 2nd? 2 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians brother. 2 Corinthians. I'm kidding. That's not what it is. That's a city. Corinth. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verse number 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Why would he do that? He answers it. That ye through his poverty might be rich. How many of you came in here? When when you first came to this, you had nothing. You didn't have two nickels to rub together, and then you just stayed and did what God wanted you to do. And because he left heaven and all those riches there, he came down here because we had nothing. So he left his riches to help us to be rich in Christ, not to be rich in this world. You have stuff so that you can help other people. God's not against you paying for your house. God's not against you going on vacation. But if your life is becoming all about that, boy, did you miss the boat. God gave you that job so that you can help your family, help his cause, and do those kinds of things for the Lord. If you do not do that, I just want to examine your mind. What are you going to end up with even if you're a millionaire? Don't give me that cute stuff of, well, the most toys. Tell the Lord about that when you meet him, if you meet him, okay? So the riches you seek is found in Christ, not money, not wealth, not material things. Zacchaeus did what wise men still do today, come to Christ in spite of his money and his material things. You know, some of the hardest places to try to witness to people are wealthy places of Columbus. But now you know why God put me here on the west side. Yay. Okay. Number two. Number one, people fail to see Christ because of coins. Number two, look at verse number three. Go back to Luke chapter number 19. Luke chapter number 19. People fail to see Christ because of the crowds. What do I mean by that? Look at verse number three. And he sought to see him who he was, but he could not for the press. Talking about the crowd. Because he was little of stature. Everybody's pressing the Lord. Everybody wanted to touch him. Everybody wanted to get around him. Everybody wanted to look on him. Everybody wanted to touch him. Zacchaeus could not see Jesus for all the people that were in the way. I wonder what kind of people were between him and the Savior. I have an advantage up here preaching, especially on a Sunday morning, that you never have. I watch new people watch you. Not a reflection on you. Okay. New people, new people, okay, new person. Um, don't mean to point you out, new person, new person, new person. Um, but what they do the whole time you're preaching, by the way, they do this on your job when they find out you're a Christian. They do it in your neighborhood, my neighborhood. Um, the last neighborhood we lived in, I no more moved in. This lady walks across the street with a, with a plate full of cookies, which I was all for. And she said, You're a preacher moving into our neighborhood. How do they know that? I got a job at Owens, Illinois, working in a glass factory at one time, and this behemoth of a woman, I mean, Bahama Mama, man. I mean, she's big. <laughs> had a cigarette hanging out her mouth, sleeves were cut down. I mean, everything was showing. And she looked at me and said, You're the Reverend, aren't you? I said, Yes, ma'am. We heard you were coming. I thought, how did this get out? You know, just because I walked down the middle aisle with my Bible and my brown bag in my hand like a, like a school kid. And that's okay with me. Let's just draw a line in the sand and say, I'm a Christian. Just let them know where you stand. So what happened here is I wonder what kind of people stood between Zacchaeus and him being able to see Jesus Christ between him and eternal life? Who stood between him and the peace that he needed in his heart? Who stood there between him and his happiness that had to come from Jesus? Who was there that hindered him from trusting in the Lord as he went forward? Perhaps he saw some of his neighbors. You know your neighbors watch you all the time. Mine do. It's not just because I'm the Reverend. They watch me all the time. To be honest with you, when I go to church on Sunday morning, it doesn't look like I'm going golfing, does it? Okay, good. That part's good. Ready? Probably not going to go out and play badminton. Not going fishing. Right? You follow, See, follow my thinking here, okay? When you leave on Sunday morning, right, or you and your wife are having it out, you know what I mean, not you're going out eating, not that having it out. And the guy next door said, Martha, come here. Those people are Christians, aren't they? Man, you can hear them all over town. Think that would stop them from coming to church and meeting Christ? You think? Maybe it would. Perhaps they saw some people that they work with when they came to church. That's, that's some of our greatest fear, isn't it? Oh, I'd talk to my neighbor about Christ, but he knows how I live. Wow. About time to change, huh? I can't witness to my family preacher. You know how that is. Yeah, I do know how that is my sister's here, well, my mom to Christ, well, my other sister to Christ, my brother was already saved, I'm saved, well, my dad to the Lord. Yeah, I know how difficult it can be. But uh, what hinders a lot of us isn't how difficult it is. We're afraid they know exactly what we are and how you're supposed to defend that. Take the humble way and talk to them about the Lord. Maybe a relative was in the crowd that day. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 2, ye are our epistle. And Now, epistle is like a, like a a like a book. Okay, uh, I'll write it. Paul was talking to the Corinthian church and said, Ye are our epistle, known and read of all men. You're being read. So this thing we run into in Christianity today, it doesn't matter what you do, how you live, how you act, how you dress. It's what you got in here. Nobody can see that. You, you can't see my heart. You can't see my intentions. But you can sure see this, can't you? And people are judging all the time. The closest many people ever get to knowing Christ is some Christian they know. Is that okay? Them getting to know Christ is watching you, listening to you. Would that be okay? Are we good? Your boss knows you, doesn't he? heard you complain and whine I used to work with some Christians back when I first got saved worked in a brake shoe factory and there was a United Methodist guy there that cussed like three sailors if Ben was here he'd know what I'm talking about and I, I told him one day I said why do you cuss so much I don't cuss so, much. I, don't cuss so blankety blank much I said you don't even realize it do you I said I'll tell you what you do go without cussing for one day well, that'd be easy he came to me before the end of the day was up. He said, I didn't realize I was cussing that much. People were watching him and comparing his Christianity with my Christianity, accepting what he did as being that's just the way people are and attacking me. But eventually they listened to me and not him, just to let you know. Christian, if a relative, a neighbor, or fellow worker were to walk into here tonight, would they have a hard time seeing Christ because of you? I've witnessed all my neighbors, all of them, and, and by the way, they kind of rotate pretty quickly anymore, and uh, so I, I, I witnessed to them when they move in, the guy next door, ex-military, he didn't want to hear me, knocked on his door, didn't honey, took him over a track, told him I need to talk to him, he said, I got my church, thanks anyway, okay, well, I tried, uh, people across the street, I did, the new young couple that lives behind us, the new young couple that lives over there, everyone, I witnessed to every one of them about the Lord, every one of them knows I'm the reverend, them knowing I'm a reverend doesn't save anybody, them knowing you go to church didn't save anybody. Yeah. You have to open a, your mouth and talk to somebody <laughs> about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope I don't embarrass anybody, but uh, talking to John. I don't know who brought it up, you or me? I think no, tell them it was me. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was me. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I remember now. It was a preacher. <laughs> you said, well, yeah, but this, well, after uh, this. I found huh? Oh. After I found out. Yeah, that's right. I remember now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <Okay. laughs> And right there at business, whether he was supposed to or not, uh, we just started talking about the Lord, talking about the Bible. He couldn't understand the Bible. I told him why. You're not very educated. No, that's not what I said. And uh, we started talking about the Lord. Do you know why you go to the places you go to? Because there's somebody there you're supposed to talk to. That job you have is not just to make money. It's that. God gave it to you. By the way, we go, God gave me a great job, preacher. And then we don't show up to church. We don't witness to anybody. And we start doing things we shouldn't. God gave you that job to be a blessing to you to help his work and also witness to the people around you. So just how long have you been there? So if I went on your job and I went, uh, oh, yeah, Brother Emanuel, one of the best Christians we have in our church, they go, Emanuel Miller? Yeah, the black guy right there. That guy right there. The one has got the great wife. Yeah, him, that guy right there. He goes to church? Wow. What would they say? I wonder the crowd that was pressed around Jesus... What possibly Zacchaeus saw as he got closer all the time. There was another business buddy over there. Maybe there's another publican right there. Oh, that guy's rich. I had a party with him just the other day. Wonder what was on his mind. Wonder what he saw. Wonder what kept him. We cannot afford to let the lost world down. They need to see Jesus in us. They're never physically going to see Jesus. Jesus in us. You're called Christian. That doesn't just mean saved. That means Christ-like. Like Christ, if I'm not that way, people are seeing what in us. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not here to. This isn't. This isn't a resort down here on this world for us. We're here on business. We have a job to do, and that's to witness to the lost. People fail. I'm almost done. People fail to see Jesus because of coins. People fail to see Jesus because of crowds, and people fail to see Jesus because of challenges. Go back to chapter 19. Look at verse number four before and climbed up a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. He figured it out, didn't he? Right. I'm too sure. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. Come on, publican, get out of my way. He, he could see. He figured it out. You know what he did? He ran on down in front of the crowd. So let me see. Jesus is heading down this. Tr- There's a tree. I know what I'll do. I'll go ahead climb up a tree. I want to see who this guy is. I want to see if this is the Jesus I'm hearing about. I can't see him here because of all the crowd. So I'm going to run all down. I'm going to climb up a tree, and I'm going to see who this guy is. Today, the next day, on a big day, I will guarantee you there were other people who were supposed to be here on that day to see who Jesus was. But they said, ah, you know, the crowd. You know, I don't like crowds. I've had people. I'm sorry, there's just a lot of things. Maybe I'm too logical. Maybe I just don't see things like other people. I've had people say, I don't like crowds. I've had people not get baptized because they said they're afraid of water. They go to public pools. A yeah. little kid tried to do a cannonball in here one day. Oh, <laughs> Backstroking, trying to get out. People say, I, I just, I'm not good around people. Really. So the next time you order a Big Mac and it don't come your way, that's Burger King, isn't it? Have it your way. It says right here, lady, have it my way. Take the pickles off. You don't have a problem talking. I know what I'm right. They are seeking something, not knowing all the time it's Jesus that they need. By the way, Zacchaeus was not seeking Jesus. He just wanted to see who he Zacchaeus was rich, he had possession, he had title, he had authority, he had all these things. He just wanted to see who the guy was. Right, yeah. You know, a lot of people come to church just out of curiosity. When I first got saved, people came to church just to see it was George Bell going to church. Man, we heard you were going to church. We just had to come out to see. They didn't come to get saved. They didn't come there to find Jesus. They didn't come there to learn the Bible. They just came by to see what all was going on. You know, a lot of people do that. They hear about Anchor Baptist Church, they stop in here. And say, by the way, people are like, man, that's a big church. That's a relative term. Okay? Some of the churches that when I first got saved that I would go to, to, to see, and stuff, they were thousands, thousands. But churches are dying left and right. By the way, crowd doesn't mean that you're doing good or growing. If that's the case, every rock and roll tour must be of God. Can't pin on that. So what happens here is simply this. They didn't know uh, it that it was Jesus. It was Jesus who called Zacchaeus to himself. Zacchaeus just wanted to see him. It was Jesus that called Zacchaeus to himself. Look at verse number five. Look at verse five. And when he and when Jesus came to the place, he looked up this Jesus and saw him and said, Zacchaeus, make case come down, for today I must abide at thy house. I'm going home with you. He didn't. Zacchaeus didn't invite him. Jesus looked at him and said, "You need to come down. We're going to your house." And by the way, before you get get, read into this too much, look at verse number six. He made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Zacchaeus didn't come. He didn't go. If you would, he didn't go to church just to get saved. You know, sometimes I think I need to get saved. I'll go to church. You get saved any place. But Zacchaeus climbed up this tree. To purposely see Jesus Christ, I want to know who this guy is. So he goes on down there, he's climbed up this tree, and here comes Jesus, and he stops. Zacchaeus is looking down on Jesus. That doesn't sound right, does it? So he said, you need to come down here. <laughs> it's the only place Jesus ever looked up at a man. He said, you need to come down. So he made haste. Yes, sir, yes, sir, come on down. He came down, and Jesus said, here's the reason why. We're going to your house today. And the Bible said Zacchaeus was very happy, pleased about that. Okay, that's great. Come on, let's go. I'll take you home with me. So what happens here is this when I first came to church, I, I know you may find this hard to believe because of my testimony, but I was I was really drinking was sickening to me anymore. I I wasn't a bar kind of guy. I, I we'd go out in the country, go driving. It's just, it's just the put on that people out in the world do. Um, we would drink and, and the, as soon as you're done, there's some idiot in the car goes, here, here's another one. And then you no more, here's another one. And it's just like force feeding you. And I remember specifically several nights of just, I couldn't hardly even swallow it. Just, it was sickening to me. Here's another one and i take it. Beep, beep, bell, come on, we're going. I'd run right out of the house, go do it again. I could not stop myself even though I didn't want to do it anymore. When I was in the military, I lived in a in a trailer with nine junkies. And they couldn't believe they come over and fill my veins. Bell, you're wasting those veins, buddy. You know, junkies are some of the filthiest people in the world. They really are. They can't help themselves and they'll steal you blind. And so I watched them OD sitting on a John. Watched them. While they're trying to convince me they know what they're doing and how they're going about it. That was me. I had such an emptiness, such a, this is it. I I don't want to do this anymore. But nobody offered me anything else. Christian, why aren't you offering somebody else a, a, a different direction, an option, something that matters? Why don't we do that? They're looking for real peace, but look where they're looking for it at. They really want something that satisfies, but look where they're looking for it at. They're looking for real love, but they don't really even know. That's what won me to Christ. It wasn't being afraid of hell or going to heaven. But when that preacher said, God knows everything you've done and he loves you, I thought that can't be true. There are people who don't know half what I did. They hate my guts. If that's true, I want that. I didn't go to church purposely to see Christ. First time I went to church I went for a girl. Now it probably would have made a bigger difference if that girl I went with was paying attention but she wasn't. I don't know why she was at church but it wasn't to listen to preaching. So what happened was this. I did not go there searching for Jesus, the answer to my Have any influence in your life at all anymore? We just go to be going. We just this is what we do. I did not go searching for Jesus, and you didn't either. The Bible teaches me very plainly in Romans chapter three, verse number eleven: "There is none that searcheth after righteous. None." The Bible says there is none that seeketh after God. You were seeking for something, but you didn't know it was Jesus. If you did, it's probably because some parent or some friend when you were a lot younger told you about that and the Holy Spirit brought back to your mind. Because, see, if you can claim some goodness in you of searching for God, that means you had some goodness in you, and that goes contrary to the Bible. The Bible said we're all depraved. There is no goodness in us. Jesus had to come searching for us, and that's exactly what he did. You were not seeking for Jesus. He was seeking for you. I'm almost done. In our text, in, in Luke chapter 19, verse number 10, who was doing the searching here? He said, well, Zacchaeus went down to search. He wasn't searching. He just went down to go see. Who was searching here? Go, look, if you would please. Look at verse number 10. Watch what it says. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. He knew Zacchaeus was going to be there. And when he went up there, he didn't go, oh, there's a guy in the tree. That's not what he did. He stopped there on purpose, looked up, knew his name, and said, Zacchaeus, you need to come down. Jesus knows where you are. the emptiness in your heart he knows what bothers you what makes you cry he knows what keeps pulling you away from him but he will not force himself on you I've heard people say that if, if he's so powerful why did he just make everything right let me get this right we screwed up everything we won't listen to him we won't follow him we give him no credit for it but when everything goes bad that we did we blame him why didn't he do something You and I run all over creation trying to fill the void that is in our hearts, that emptiness, that loneliness with anything and everything, seeking something to fill that void. You listen to me well. It is not something you need. It is someone you need. Jesus looked at Mary and Martha when Lazarus had died and they got all concerned about everything and they ran to Jesus. Oh, Lord, had you been here, our brother had not died. He simply said, Mary at one time, Martha at another time, I am the resurrection of life. We know in the latter days, the resurrection is not a time. The resurrection is a person. Yes. I am the way, the truth. No man comes from the Father but by me. I am the resurrection and the life. Mary, Martha, I am here. Yes. And by the way, before that story was done, he went over and raised Lazarus from the dead. Yes. Why? Because the resurrection is not a time. Well, we're looking for the resurrection. That's Jesus. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Okay, so now we come to this man right here. God, thank God, he came searching for you. Look, folks, I, I was—I was the night, the first night I ever went to church. I had booze in, in my car and drugs in my car. I didn't go there to get saved. I went for a girl. I went the second time because my brother asked me. I didn't say, Bill, I need Jesus. Can I go to church? I didn't do that. You say, I did. Somebody ahead of time must have told you about Jesus. It's the only reason you did that. The Bible said Jesus came to seek and to save. He'd been looking for you. He knows you're not happy. He knows you're not fulfilled. He knows you're empty. Don't don't try to cover that up. He already knows. But we do, right? We drink booze to make us feel better. I'm sorry, to take the edge off. Now our wise government has said, smoke dope, it's illegal now, it's okay. How stupid can a country be? Since the day I got saved, not one time drugs anymore. I'm not talking about smoking dope on the weekends, I'm talking about heroin, I'm talking about acid, you name it, just talking. I mean, I couldn't wait to kill myself fast enough Every jesus done you see jesus doesn't patch up an old life jesus gives you a new life that's why it's called being born again it's a brand new life in christ he doesn't patch up well i got some things to overcome i'll tell you this story and then and then i'll be done i think now see how i did that the night i got saved things were changing so fast me brother uh pledge was telling me about some of the things you were telling him and i said were changing so fast, inside, nothing outside yet, inside, it scared me, I thought, man, something's wrong, I went home that night, laid down in bed, sat right back up in the dark looked around the room, then I laid back down and went to sleep, you know what it was, I'd been paranoid for decades, and now finally, it's going to be okay, that night I witnessed to three or four people, didn't even know what I was doing. I told my mom, I said, Mom, guess what happened to me? What's that, honey? I got saved. Oh, that's night. She lit up a cigarette, drank her coffee, went on with life. Oh, that's kind of disappointing. Before I got out of church. My wife, by the way, found a card. You know that big, fat evangelist I keep telling you about, Bruce Daniels, who was preaching that night when I got saved? I, I, got, a, I got the card from him. She found it today. Uh, get our marriage license, make sure we're still married. She, she got that. And it was from Bruce Daniels. And he was the guy, when I walked out that night, he said, what? Big, big, big guy. Oh, he's a big guy. He's standing like it. What happened to you, boy? And in my head, I'm like, first of all, nobody calls me a boy. The second thing is, he said, you get saved. I had no idea what that meant. Did you repent? Never heard that word before. Don't know what you're talking about. He said, did you ask Jesus to save you? That I knew I did. Here he did. Shake hand. Pulled me over. I think he bounced me off his belly. Boom. Give me your name and number. He wrote me a card, and said, "I'll write you." And he did. Before we got home that night, we were at Dairy Queen. Just listen; everything was changing so fast. It's like I, God was forcing the issue. You got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. You got to tell somebody. So I'm standing at the Dairy Queen. My brother was buying, so I was all for it. I'm standing there like I had dry snot on my face, tears down my face, all swollen up from crying. All night long, and I'm standing there looking at the floor like this, and my brother's right here, and I see some woman turn and almost bump into him. When that happened, I looked up. You wouldn't believe it. A girl I dated in high school was there. Accident, I guess. This accident turned into a time to witness. i did. I never even heard that word before. So she looked at me, and she said, something happened. Isn't that something? The very night I got saved, I didn't go like this. Something happened to me. Go ahead, guess. I didn't do that. And I said, yeah, don't tell me now. Watch. She says, I'm with my fiance. Call me when you get home. Who does that? So I happen to still remember her number (laughs) years later, so I called her. (laughs) Oh, this is terrible. A brand-new Christian, brand-new Christian, knew nothing about the Bible, Never had a Bible, never read the Bible, never prayed nothing. Came from a Philistine background, okay? Just like that girl right there did, my sister. Now, she's worse than I was. Um, I'm kidding. Anyway, I got home and I called her. She said, what happened? I said, I went to church. What happened? I said, I got saved. Oh, oh, I'm so happy. Oh, I'm so happy. Now, you have to understand, I knew nothing about church, Bible, nothing. While we're talking, a question came to my mind. This girl was the piano player in the First Baptist Church in Hilliard. She had no business being with me to begin with. A Christian has no business being with a sinner, period. Light and darkness cannot dwell together, okay? So while we were talking, you have to understand, from high school until that night, I had been in two car accidents, they said nobody should have survived out of. I was in Vietnam. I was a demolitions expert. I carried around 25 pounds of demolitions on my rucksack. You shoot me, half the world's exploding. I said, Can I ask you a question? Yeah, anything. Why didn't you ever tell me? It got real quiet. So, if somebody got saved on your job, in your house, and they looked at you and go, Why didn't you ever say something? What would you say? You know what she said? I was afraid of losing. (laughs) Really. We hadn't been together for like two and a half, three years. I was in Vietnam. You weren't afraid of losing me then. And I looked at her, and I just thought, I don't believe this. Last time I ever talked to her. Not because I was mad. God brought that together, I think, for me to ask her, why didn't you say something? And also for me to talk up for my Lord and say, yes, I got saved. By the way, if you're saved, you need to start telling people. I'm afraid I'll run them off. You ever notice how we run people off that never come here to begin with? (laughs) You keep talking to me, I'm leaving. You never showed up anyway. (laughs) People are so funny. Anyway, you know what God did to us or for us? He knew the danger we were in. He did not stand a snowball's chance, not one chance. And he thought, I'm I'm making part of this up, he already knew. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, the Bible says. But he knew if he did not, knowing the danger we were in, the destruction we were headed for, if he somehow could not convince us to follow him and believe on him, we were doomed. So from heaven, he could say, Look, I know what you're going through. Most people would never believe him. But the Bible said he condescended to men of low estate. He came down from his heavenly throne down to here. He came down from where we want to go to come down here where we don't want to be. Do you know why? There simply was no other way. You do not stand a chance of going to heaven. You will die if you do not have Jesus Christ as Savior. So the world keeps throwing all this stuff in front of us, stuff, riches, title, position, party, drugs, drink, gamble, whatever, anything, everything, okay? And we just keep, man, if I only had that, if I could do this, if I had that, I'll straighten up a little bit, I'll be able to do this. It just keeps us walking on down towards hell. And we can't explain, I got all this, why do I feel empty still? not happy? Why am I I not pleased with my life? What's wrong with me? There is a space in your heart for eternity only and that's Jesus Christ. Zacchaeus ran on down, climbed up a sycamore. Now I think, if I'm not mistaken, who knows anything about trees? Anybody? Pledger does. He used to cut cut them down. (laughs) Tree hugger. Sorry about that. I think a sycamore tree doesn't have limbs low, right? They're way up. Thanks for helping me out. Anyway, so he had there had to be some work on his part, some effort. I'm going to see this guy. I don't care who. I don't care what's going on. I'm going to get around the crowd. I'm going to get over myself. I'm going to climb up this tree, and I'm going to stare at this guy and find out who he is. Okay, you're here. You're here. You made it. In spite of somebody else that may be in here going, what are they doing here? You ever do that? I've had people tell me, Preacher, I don't know if you know this, but you got a guy in your church. I said, if you knew half of what people do in this church <laughs> and I said, Yeah, I know that. What are you waiting on? Zacchaeus, come down. Today I'm going to your house. The Bible said he made haste. Came down. Well it's all according. We we need to, I have some questions about the Bible knew no Bible got saved. How is that possible? See, today we want to understand everything to do. That's not faith. I told somebody one day, I said, look, uh, contract, sign the bottom, let God fill it in. That's what Joe Biden did. Anyway, so (laughs) sorry, shouldn't have said that. I will read it later. (laughs) Got stuck, didn't you? But you can trust the Lord. We're always worried. But does that mean, am I going to have to? How are you doing right now? you doing okay? You don't need Jesus? What are you doing here? You're here for a purpose. I'm here for a purpose. Even Christians forget that sometimes, don't we? We forget once I am saved, I am still supposed to be living for Jesus Christ and not get in the way of others that want to come to him. So I need to live after I'm saved in a way that when people look at you, you know most people will never get a chance to watch you. Most people will never get a chance to talk to you, but people are always watching you. They're making decisions about Christ based upon you. Is that good or no? Is that good? Okay. I was very lonely and hurt. I didn't like what I'd become. By the time I was 20 years old, I'd been in more sin than most grown-ups there in time. Jesus basically you know what he said George Bell come down today you and I are going to start walking around together come on I couldn't believe it why would he care about me come on folks look at me you're not that good get over yourself quit trying to fake it well nobody knows Jesus does Jesus does and when that dawned on He did to Zacchaeus. I'm gonna spend some time at your place. Probably start bleeding again. Do you have another band aid? Do you understand something? There are no accidents in a Christian's life. He knew his name when he got down the tree. Zacchaeus caught him by name. He's calling your name. That night I said in church, that preacher was talking. How did he know I'd even be there that night? I made up my mind about two minutes before church. I drove in the parking lot. How did he know? How did he know, screaming and yelling about sin, that he was talking to me? How did he know that? Confused me. But it made me wonder about it. And I walked out. I thought if I get out of church and away from that big mouth, I'll be okay. Everything went really bad after that. Until I met Jesus story and I'll be done. <laughs> I will. Got a lot of stories. We had, years ago, we had a 173rd Airborne Honor Guard. I was a paratrooper and we had, I think it was 4th of July or something. Anybody remember? Nobody, had a big impact on you, didn't it? And uh, they came here, but what they said, the woman that was organized, they said, no, we, we, do, we don't, we're so far out, we can't do that. Oh, she said, that's a shame. Our, our preacher was in the 173rd. What? One of our brothers, you know how they do. One of our brothers was a paratrooper. Yeah, we'll be there. So the guys show up, and you just had to understand veterans. As much as they said the military heard them, that's all they talk about. So I went there, and they showed up here. Hey, glad to meet you. You know, they want to chest bump and do all that kind of stuff. Hey, brother. And uh, so they got, hey, do you remember in Vietnam that battle that took place? Ah, no, not really. Well, you remember that general that was watching over Well, you remember hill number 111 That the 173rd? No, not really. They got real disappointed. They said, you were an airborne in Vietnam, right? I said, fellas, listen to me. I got saved one day. I met Jesus Christ as Savior. I made a right-hand turn. I don't live there anymore. They were disappointed. There are always going to be people around you disappointed that you're no longer like them. And they'll never understand until they get saved how about you I'm saved I enjoy being saved let's bow our heads in a word of prayer Father in heaven